0: Episode 52. Mr. Crouch, Mr. Bagman, said Karkaroff, his voice unctuous once more. You are our uh, objective judges. Surely you will agree that this is most irregular. Bagman... "'wiped his round, boyish face with his handkerchief "'and looked at Mr. Crouch, "'who was standing outside the circle of the firelight, "'his face half hidden in shadow. "'He looked slightly eerie, "'the half-darkness making him look much older, "'giving him an almost skull-like appearance. "'When he spoke, however, it was in his usual curt voice.' We must follow the rules, and the rules state clearly that those people whose names come out of the goblet of fire are bound to compete in the tournament. Well, Barty knows the rule book back to front, said Bagman, beaming and turning back to Karkaroff and Madame Maxime, as though the matter was now closed. I insist upon resubmitting the names of the rest of my students, said Karkaroff. He had dropped his unctuous tone and his smile now. His face wore a very ugly look indeed. You will set up the Goblet of Fire once more and we will continue adding names until each school has two champions. It's only fair, Dumbledore. But Kakaroff, it doesn't work like that, said Bagman. The Goblet of Fire's just gone out. "'It won't reignite until the start of the next tournament, "'in which Durmstrang will most certainly not be competing,' "'exploded Karkaroff. "'After all our meetings and negotiations and compromises, "'I little expected something of this nature to occur. "'I have half a mind to leave now.' "'Empty threat, Karkaroff,' growled a voice from near the door. "'You can't leave your champion now. "'He's got to compete.' they've all got to compete. Binding magical contract, like Dumbledore said. (laughs) Convenient, eh? Moody had just entered the room. He limped toward the fire, and with every right step he took, there was a loud clunk. Convenient, said Karkaroff. I'm afraid I don't understand you, Moody. Harry could tell he was trying to sound disdainful, as though what Moody was saying was barely worth his notice. But his hands gave him away. They had bowled themselves into fists. Don't you, said Moody quietly. It's very simple, Karkaroff. Someone put Potter's name in that goblet knowing he'd have to compete if it came out. ''Evidently, someone who wishes to give Hogwarts two bites at the apple,'' uh, said Madame Maxime. ''I quite agree, Madame Maxime,'' said Karkaroff, bowing to her. ''I shall be lodging complaints with the Ministry of Magic and the International Confederation of Wizards.'' ''If anyone's got a reason to complain, it's Potter,'' growled Moody. ''But funny thing, I don't hear him saying a word.'' Why should he complain, burst out Fleur Delacour, stepping her foot. He has a chance to compete, hasn't he? We have all been hoping to be chosen for weeks and weeks. The honor for our schools, a thousand galleons in prize money. This is a chance many would die for. Maybe someone's hoping Potter is going to die for it, said Moody, with the merest trace of a growl. An extremely tense silence followed these words. Ludo Bagman, who was looking very anxious indeed, bounced nervously up and down on his feet and said, "'Moody, old man, what a thing to say!' "'We all know Professor Moody considers the morning wasted "'if he hasn't discovered six plots to murder him before lunchtime,' said Karkaroff loudly. "'Apparently he is now teaching his students to fear assassination too.' An odd quality and a defense against the dark arts, teach you, Dumbledore. But, no doubt, you had your reasons. Imagining things, am I? growled Moody. Seeing things, eh? It was a skilled witch or wizard who put that boy's name in that goblet. And what evidence is there of that? said Madame Maxime, throwing up her huge hands. Because they hoodwinked a very powerful magical object said Moody. It would have needed an exceptionally strong confundus charm to bamboozle that goblet into forgetting that only three schools compete in the tournament. I'm guessing they submitted Potter's name under a fourth school, to make sure he was the only one in his category. You seem to have given this a great deal of thought, Moody, said Kakuroff coldly. And the very ingenious theory it is, though of course I heard you recently got into your head that one of your birthday presents contained a cunningly disguised basilisk egg and smashed it to pieces before realizing it was a carriage clock. So you'll understand if we don't take you entirely seriously. There are those who turn innocent occasions to their advantage, Moody retorted in a menacing voice. It's my job to think the way dark wizards do, Karkaroff, as you ought to remember. Alistair, said Dumbledore warningly. Harry wondered for a moment who he was speaking to, but then he realized Mad-Eye could hardly be Moody's real first name. Moody fell silent, though still surveying Karkaroff with satisfaction. Karkaroff's face was burning how this situation arose we do not know said Dumbledore speaking to everyone gathered in the room it seems to me however that we have no choice but to accept it both Cedric and Harry have been chosen to compete in the tournament this therefore they will do Ah, but Dumbledore, my dear Madame Maxime, if you have an alternative, I would be delighted to hear it. Dumbledore waited, but Madame Maxime did not speak. She merely glared. She wasn't the only one, either. Snape looked furious, Karkaroff livid. Bagman, however, looked rather excited. Well... "'Shall we crack on, then?' he said, "'rubbing his hands together and smiling around the room. "'Got to give our champions their instructions, haven't we? "'Party. Want to do the honors? "'Mr. Crouch seemed to come out of a deep reverie. "'Yes,' he said. "'Instructions. Yes. The first task.' "'He moved forward into the firelight. "'Close to, Harry thought he looked ill.' There were dark shadows beneath his eyes and a thin, papery look about his wrinkled skin that had not been there at the Quidditch World Cup. "'The first task is designed to test your daring,' he told Harry, Cedric, Fleur and Crumb. "'So we are not going to be telling you what it is. "'Courage in the face of the unknown is an important quality in a wizard. "'Very important.' The first task will take place on November the 24th in front of the other students and the panel of judges. The champions are not permitted to ask for or accept help of any kind from their teachers to complete the tasks in the tournament. The champions will face the first challenge armed only with their wands. They will receive information about the second task when the first is over. "'Owing to the demanding and time-consuming nature of the tournament, "'the champions are exempted from end-of-year tests.' "'Mr. Crouch turned to look at Dumbledore. "'I think that's all, isn't it, Albus?' "'I think so,' said Dumbledore, "'who was looking at Mr. Crouch with mild concern. "'Are you sure you wouldn't like to stay at Hogwarts tonight, Barty?' "'No, Dumbledore, I must get back to the Ministry.' said Mr. Crouch. It is a very busy, very difficult time at the moment. I've left young Weatherby in charge. Very enthusiastic. A little over-enthusiastic, if truth be told. You'll come and have a drink before you go, at least, said Dumbledore. Come on, Barty, I'm staying, said Bagman brightly. It's all happening at Hogwarts now, you know. Much more exciting here than at the office. I think not, Ludo, said Crouch, with a touch of his old impatience. Professor Karkaroff, Madame Maxime, a nightcap, said Dumbledore. But Madame Maxime had already put her arm around Fleur's shoulders and was leading her swiftly out of the room. Harry could hear them both talking very fast in French as they went off into the great hall. Karkaroff beckoned to Grum, and they too exited, though in silence. Harry, Cedric, I suggest you go up to bed, said Dumbledore, smiling at both of them. I am sure Gryffindor and Hufflepuff are waiting to celebrate with you, and it would be a shame to deprive them of this excellent excuse to make a great deal of mess and noise.